Hey, my name is Alex, and this is the Put You On Podcast. This is the podcast where I put you on to new singles, new artists, and all the new releases that I love, and talk about some of the music that I might not love every single week. There's a lot of music out there that doesn't get the attention it deserves, and I'm here to show you that. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Put You On Podcast. Last week was another quiet week in terms of music releases, but this week I'll be diving into three new albums that I think many people will probably enjoy. There hasn't been much in terms of any exciting singles recently, so I'm just going to jump into albums this week and that's about it. So the first album I'll be talking about comes from Robotaki, and this is his album called The Grand Mirage. If you remember, I spoke about two of the singles that he released already, those being the songs Dreamcatcher and Now That We've Been In Love, which featured Pell. And if you recall, I enjoyed both of those songs a lot, and my excitement for this album was starting to build. I've also been a longtime fan of Robotaki. I think I've seen him play live around like five times or so now. So I was really looking forward to his official debut album. And he had released two tracks together back in November of 2019, called Quasar and Los Angeles featuring Maya Manser, both of which actually made it onto this album. And when those songs first came out, I was instantly hooked on the song Los Angeles, which comes as track two on the album. The song has a bit of a summery feel with its use of guitars and shimmering vocals, as well as the bouncy drums that keep this track grooving. All of this was pretty fitting for a song called Los Angeles. Quasar, on the other hand, is track four on the album, had a different feel than Los Angeles did. It opens with this little like ARP-like melody that plays throughout most of the song as Robotaki finds ways to modulate that lead and layer it as well, building and building until this huge gated saw synth drop comes in in the chorus. Upon my first few listens of the song, I enjoyed it, but I don't think I was as hooked on it as I was with Los Angeles. It's still a pretty decent song with some good ideas, but feels like it probably could have been left off this project. So now that the album is here, we can hear these four singles in the context of the album. Robotaki has said that this album has to do with concepts of dreams and how our minds work autonomously all the time, changing and tuning our perceptions, our motivations, and even our deepest thoughts. And the opening track, The Possibility of a Dream Coming True, puts the listener right into that concept. It's a more somber track with these beautiful piano and string melodies that open up the project before those signature Robotaki synths come in on top of some banging drums. It's a strong opening track that really sets the tone for what to expect for the rest of the album in terms of its sound and its concept. After the opener, the next three songs are Los Angeles, Now That We've Been In Love, and Quasar, the three songs that we've already heard about from the singles, but they flow together nicely in the track list. The first song we haven't heard comes on track five, which is called Holding On featuring Billboard. When I first listened to this project, this song was an instant favorite of mine and it's continued to easily be one of my favorites still. This song opens with some chorusy guitars before some grooving drums come in again, along with some falsetto vocals, which feature prominently throughout the track. These vocals are probably some of the strongest on the whole project, I think. The chorus of this song is super fun, and overall, this song just flows really well. It's grooving, it's catchy, and the production is just really clean. The featured artist, Billboard, is another really great producer who I'm also a big fan of as well, so it was nice to see him on this project, and you can hear some of his production in this song. I think if I were to recommend a single song on this whole project, if you were to only listen to one, I would definitely say to listen to this track. Holding On then transitions nicely into my favorite pre-album single, which was Dreamcatcher, another fun and cute love song with some upbeat production and more catchy vocals. 
It's another one of the happier songs on the album, but after this song, the second half of this album takes a bit of a turn in terms of sound. It begins to sound a bit more sad and dark on the second half, I think. That sound kind of begins on the track called Passing of Time, the first track on the album that features Robotaki actually singing himself. As you could guess from the title, the track is all about the passing of time and the weight time holds on us and how fleeting time could be. Robotaxi sings about some of his experiences with that, with his dreamy falsetto vocals placed on top of a relatively minimalistic instrumental until the last roughly minute and a half where the drums come in together with one last verse. And everything really comes together during this last section of the song and the lyrics, I'm so sick of waiting for a feeling that I let it all slip through my fingers, really makes this song memorable. The next track, Duka, feels like it could act as the interlude of the album, as most of the track isn't too complex at all, until again, the second half of the song, where the song really comes alive and drops into these huge synths, along with a melody that you hear throughout the whole song. It's a purely instrumental track, but I'll admit it's not up there with my favorites. It's very similar to how Quasar makes me feel in a way, where the song remains interesting because of its structure and creative ideas that it puts forward, but ultimately it's just not the strongest song of them all. The next track, Obelisk, is likely the darkest song on the album in terms of its sound. It features this heavy bass line from the get-go and really feels like you could play this song driving through a city at nighttime or in a video game like a Forza game or Burnout or Need for Speed or something like that. The bass line and drums are the focal point of this song and their impact is definitely felt. This song is very different from most other Robotaki songs, but it just adds a lot of diversity to the tracklist and even his discography in general, and really just showcases how talented of a producer he is. The following track, Identity, featuring Spirit Animal on vocals, is another highlight for me. Spirit Animal repeats the lines, Fast asleep, go slow, have to keep you close tonight. Dreams of you unfold, seems like you control my mind. Throughout the verse and build up before they yell, I don't want to wake up right before the song throws you into one of the strongest and wildest choruses on the album. This is arguably the biggest banger on the album with these wild synths that come in on top of some big drums for the two choruses. It's a very dramatic song and its chorus is hugely rewarding for the listener. This song really feels like it's probably the peak of the album. The second to last song, Something From Nothing, is another track that features Robotaki's own vocals. However, this time the track is a bit more upbeat and there's a lot more going on production-wise than what was happening in the track, Passing of Time. The song is filled with psychedelic guitars that are a bit reminiscent of earlier Tame Impala tracks, as well as catchy and groovy bass lines. The song has a similar feel to the other tracks that are on this second half of the album, but it also feels a lot more grounded and less dreamy than the other songs prior to it. It's a very enjoyable track with a lot of layers that keep the whole song interesting to listen to. The closing song on this album, A Universal Truth, brings this album to a nice close with a similar song to how the intro is, featuring more beautiful piano and string melodies. It's a short little song, but caps off the album nicely, I think. Overall, I'm quite happy with this album, and I'm really happy for Robotaki, who seems to have finally mastered the sound that he wants and has kind of cemented himself in the music scene, like where he wants to be and with his sound. This album has a core concept that has followed quite nicely throughout the whole project. A lot of these songs have a very similar feeling that makes the album flow from track to track, but at the same time, each of these songs have their own like personality as well. So if you're looking for an electronic album that is different from most and has some really interesting sound design and production choices, I would definitely recommend checking out this project. The next album that I want to talk about is from Purity Ring, and it's called Womb. This album comes five years after their sophomore album, Another Eternity, came out back in 2015. 
I've spoken about the three singles that they released in the build-up to the album. Those songs were Stardew, Pink Lightning, and Peacefall. I definitely enjoyed those three singles, but at the same time, I was a bit skeptical since they all sounded a bit similar to what we've already heard from the duo. However, I was still excited for this album as I really enjoy the group's music in general, and their sound is pretty unique as well. It had also been, like I said, five years since their previous album, so all of that had me pretty ready for another Purity Ring album and to see what they can bring. Moving on to the full project now, the album opener, Ruby Insides, throws you into that Purity Ring sound immediately. The song opens up with lead singer Megan James's vocals and these ramping up synths. James sings in her dreamy, high-pitched voice, If I could, I would let you see through me, throughout the song accompanied by a low, booming bass underneath. Just like with that Robotaki album, this is a good opener that really sets the tone for the rest of the album and gets you in that quote-unquote purity ring sound. The following two songs on the tracklist are Pink Lightning and Peacefall, two songs we've already heard and I enjoyed, but putting them together in terms of tracklisting was, I think, a good decision though. They flow together nicely. We get something new from the group on the song I Like the Devil with this gliding and grooving bass line that's the focal point on the verses before a minimalistic pre-chorus comes in with James singing I Like the Devil Can Fly. The group has stated that this song is really about women in James's very traditional family and herself in a way. It's about how she sees that and how she doesn't really like it. The song is also a bit of a play on the wording on the title since it's called I Like the Devil. But in the lyrics of the song, it's more like I, comma, like the devil, can fly. It can also be seen as a way where questioning gender roles in society can be seen as almost blasphemous. The song was actually released two days before the album came out on April 1st, and they said on their Reddit Ask Me Anything that it was intentional to release this track with a misleading title on April Fool's Day. So just a little funny tidbit to know about the song. The next track, Femia, is about James's mom's sister who passed away last summer. She said that she was like the matriarch of the family and was the first sibling of seven to pass. This song is an interpretation of the first death in her family and the first that James has experienced as an adult. The title of the song, Femia, is actually a family name as well, so it's another call back to the traditional roles of women in her family. The song itself mostly features these repeating synth line and some trappy drums, and James's vocals on this sound good as always. However, it doesn't sound like anything too new that we haven't ever heard before. The following song, Sinu, suffers a bit of that same fate as these two tracks blend together a bit unfortunately, and this was something that I was a little fearful of for this album, like I stated earlier, although the vocal chops that are heard in this song are a nice addition to the track. Thankfully, the song Vehemence brings a nice change of pace and sound to the album and is easily one of the highlights of the entire project. It still has that purity ring dark feel, but the plucky synths heard all over the song really give the track some bounce, and the chorus is easily one of the strongest on the whole project. The string stabs and perfectly placed percussion and drums make this song stand out as well as the fantastic vocal melodies that are sung by Megan James. The following song, Silkspun, is likely my least favorite on the album. It just feels a bit linear and one-dimensional. It doesn't really make me feel anything. The song features a strumming guitar and quick drums, but it doesn't really ever go anywhere, unfortunately. And the track Almanac is actually the most minimalistic and ballady track on the album. The song is devoid of drums, but has these interstellar type synths, and along with James's reverb heavy vocals, it creates this wonderful atmosphere and soundscape. They said this song is also a love song with a bit of darkness, as they feel true love always contains a bit of that. 
They also mentioned that this was one of the first songs they wrote for the album, and they realized that this was the sound that the record should sound like. The album comes to a close with the first single that was released called Stardew. I think it's another one of the strongest songs on the album. I spoke in depth about it all the way back in episode three of the podcast, and the song just made me excited to finally hear new Purity Ring. Overall, though, this album is good and it's enjoyable, but I don't think it's anything amazing or of that sort. Unfortunately, it suffers from what I was afraid of at the start, where a lot of the songs sound very similar and bleed into each other a bit. These songs just sound like classic Purity Ring songs, and while it's nice that they stick to their sound and they obviously know what their sound is, I would have loved to hear them take some risks on the project. Part of what made their first album Shrine so good was the fact that it was so quirky and it had these odd and strange choices that made the project engaging for the listener. On this album, we don't really get a lot of that, unfortunately. However, there are still some strong songs on this project, and at the end of the day, it's more Purity Ring, and that's very, very rarely a bad thing. It's only 10 tracks long and 36 minutes long, so if you're looking for some dreamy and dark pop music that you can easily get into, I would definitely say to go for this one. The last album that I wanted to speak to you about is the sophomore album from Peach Pit, and it's called You and Your Friends. I honestly had no idea who this band was until the album actually was released. I hadn't heard their first album or any other song or singles by the group until the day of. I actually found it through a Reddit Indie Heads thread when it first released, and I was seeing a lot of praise for the band, especially for the song Black Licorice. So I decided to give that song a listen, and if it was any good, I would check out the rest of the album. And what a great choice that was, because I absolutely love the song, and as you might have guessed, I absolutely love this album. This album feels like the first guitar-driven rock or alternative rock album that I've enjoyed in years, and I'm really happy that I found this album and group. The album opens with the song Feeling Low, a fast-paced song, almost surf rock kind of song with some nice melodic guitar licks and even a guitar solo at the end of it. It's got a bit of edge and bite to it that would make this a live show favorite. The album then moves on to that single Black Licorice that made me want to listen to the rest of the album. So as you can imagine, this is one of my favorite songs on the entire project. The song's lead melody plays almost right from the start, and it's such a catchy guitar riff that I still can't get it out of my head. Lead singer Neil Smith's vocals are delivered perfectly to match the tone of the song. The song is easygoing and breezy and seems like a perfect summer song. And while it's got that summer feel going, the lyrics that are sung in the chorus, I'm just black licorice and all the people that I know would rather leave me in a bowl, are actually quite a bit sad and makes it seem like Smith is unwelcomed or is a burden to those around him. All in all though, I love everything about this song and I keep going back to it. The next track, Figure 8, takes a bit of a slower approach with the song about the band's experience on New Year's Eve of 2018. They said the group had went up to a friend's cabin for the weekend, and they spent the whole time outside having fires and skating on a frozen lake. The theme and love of skating is apparent on the track, as in the pre-chorus Smith sings, Watch her as she pirouettes, watch her figure eight. The chorus really pulls this track all together with some lovely guitar chords and leads playing underneath the beautiful vocal melodies. The fourth track, Puppy Grin, brings back that edge and bite from the group with a ton of distortion in both the guitars and the processing on Smith's vocals. The prominent and blistering drums drive the song forward, along with those distorted guitars and a chorus that uses the metaphor of puppy love, where one side of the relationship is sort of walking all over the other. The metaphor is further used with the lyrics, it's never been like you to be back and begging, and then it's likely that you'll be right back and biting. This track just has so much energy in it, and it's definitely a song that 
needs to be played loud. I would really love to hear this song performed live. I'm sure it's even better live than hearing it on a album like this. The following track, Brian's Movie, is a soft and flowy summer jam that depicts the events of how Smith's parents met from the perspective of one of his parents' friends who doesn't want to lose their best friend. This song just has such a warm feel to it. Listening to it, I can imagine just being on like a beach with the wind flowing through me and like everyone on the beach. And as with most of this album, the guitars from lead guitarist Chris Vanderkuy are gorgeous and infectious. It's not that they're complex or anything. In fact, the, the guitar leads are quite simple actually, but it's just so great to listen to and that's what this song's really all about. The track Camilla, I'm at home is about the aftermath of a rough breakup and how the narrator hasn't been the same ever since. The lyrics, oh Camilla, you don't understand I haven't left my room in a couple days, even though you might think that I'd want to is oddly relatable to everyone going through the current quarantine situation, even though it's not meant to be that way. It's another warm song that has a bit of a nostalgic feel as well, and I've really enjoyed listening to it a lot. The next two tracks, Second Life with Emily and Live at the Swamp, are two deep cuts that I feel won't get as much attention, but they definitely deserve it. The guitars are heavily featured in these songs, and the way they're intertwined with the vocal melodies really makes both of these songs stand out to me. They're both incredibly catchy, and the second chorus in Second Life with Emily is just gorgeous and really makes you groove around and even want to dance a bit to it. There are a ton of surf rock elements throughout this album, but perhaps the most surf rocky of them all is Live at the Swamp. The stretched out vocal passages in the choruses as well as the lead guitar melodies really stand out and work well together. Shampoo Bottles is another easygoing earworm of a track that was also the second single that was leading up to the album. The song is very mellow with, again, more of that surf rock sound. Uh, the song is about moving on from a relationship through the metaphor of weird possessions such as shampoo bottles or speed stick deodorant. The dreamy guitar playing is really nice and adds a ton to the atmosphere of the track. The track Thursday has more of a gloomy feel than the rest of the album with an intense chorus that actually features a heavy distorted synth as well as marching band like snare rolls underneath Smith's vocals. It's an interesting cut on the album. The song Your Teeth is probably my least favorite of the album, even though it's still a pretty decent song, I just couldn't get all that into it. The chorus of Smith's just singing the line, Your Teeth, over and over again just got a little boring for me, and the instrumental doesn't really do much to wow the listener either. The final song on the title track, You and Your Friends, is a nice closer to the album though, and that brings back more of those distorted, edgy guitars in the intro and verses but then transitions into an unexpected chorus that's very nice to listen to. I'm very happy that I found this album because I honestly haven't stopped listening to it. I even went back and listened to the first album that they released, which I enjoyed as well, but this one sounds a lot more like they really refined their sound and they also improved it at the same time. The vocals on this album are mixed in a way that I think might make some listeners feel a little uncomfortable because his voice sounds so close but I also think it adds a lot to the feel of the album. I think it was definitely an aesthetic choice that they went with, and I think it was a cool thing to do that. This album is full of indie rock and indie pop songs, and like I said, that surf rock kind of vibe, and I think a lot of people can get into that. And with all that summery surf rocky elements on the project, this album will be perfect to listen to in just a few months when summer comes around. I really recommend checking out this album and the whole group's discography. And that's all for this week. Thank you all for listening to another episode here, and I hope you check out all of these albums. 
I think all of them are very enjoyable, but if I were to choose just one, I really want to recommend that Peach Pit album. It's honestly been on repeat since it came out, and I love it a lot, and I think a lot of people can get into it. So yeah, thank you, and I'll see you all next time.